This is Illinois in Focus, powered by TheCenterSquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Coming up, we'll review the week's top stories about President Joe Biden visiting Illinois, the state's credit rating, the critical race theory debate, and more. We'll also get commentary from the Center Square publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb about the president's visit to Illinois, the state's unemployment debt, and more. That's ahead with Illinois in Focus, powered by TheCenterSquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Hi, this is Chris Krug, publisher of The Center Square. Our team produces the nationally read and recognized news stories at thecentersquare.com, the country's fastest growing, nonprofit, nonpartisan, state focused news and information site. We deliver essential Illinois news and information with a taxpayer sensibility through reporting that's easy to understand and easy to share with your friends and family. We know that you want to get a quick update on what's happening at the state capitol in Springfield and across the state. Our team writes short, impactful stories that help all Illinoisans understand what's going on in their home state. We know that you need information that allows you to understand what the governor and your local legislators are doing. Our team covers government and the activity of elected officials so you can make sense of how their activity affects you and your family and your future here in Illinois. We know Illinois because we live in Illinois. Get the news that you need to know at thecentersquare.com. That's thecentersquare.com. Thecentersquare.com. This is Illinois in Focus, powered by thecentersquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Here's some of the top stories from the past week. President Joe Biden visited Crystal Lake Wednesday to discuss his American Rescue Plan and his plan to, quote, build back better. Andrew Hensel was there. President Biden spoke for 35 minutes on Wednesday and addressed a number of issues, including his American Rescue Plan and his goal to build America back better. President Biden laid out ways to help accomplish that goal. Truly win the 21st century and once again lead the world. Truly build an economy from the bottom up and the middle out. Truly deal everybody in this time. We need to invest in our people. President Biden laid out a plan that he says will not cost Americans any extra money. Republican Senator Craig Wilcox, who was the only Republican lawmaker in attendance, said American people are not naive enough to believe the president. But to say that he's got it squared away and it's all free, I don't think America is that naive to think that the government provides free stuff. I'm Andrew Hensel. Members of Illinois' congressional delegation reacting to the president's pitch for a national infrastructure plan that goes beyond roads and bridges. At his stop in Crystal Lake Wednesday, Biden advocated spending tax dollars on what he called human infrastructure. Democratic U.S. Representative Lauren Underwood said Biden's visit to her district brought her joy. She said she's ready to pass his agenda to create a brighter economic future for all Americans. But Republican U.S. Representative Mary Miller said Illinoisans increased taxes and spending should be a bellwether for the rest of the nation. Illinois has everything to be successful. And it's Democrat policies that are taking us down the tube. We're number one in all the wrong categories. You know, whether it's crime or, um, you know, our debt, our credit rating, those are all the results of the Democrats' progressive policies. Miller also warned Illinois' policies providing various benefits regardless of immigration status will attract the growing number of people crossing the border illegally under the Biden administration. Biden didn't discuss the increased violence seen in Chicago this past week when he visited. Before Biden's speech, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki aboard Air Force One said the administration's sending billions to Illinois. And the city's working with other jurisdictions on evidence-based, community-based strategies, including a gun trafficking strike force to help interrupt gun trafficking corridors that send crime into Chicago from across the city and state lines. Miller said that misses the mark. They want to go after gun owners and how ridiculous gun owners downstate 
um, instead of uh, laying responsibility at the at the feet of the people that have implemented policies that empower criminals. Biden's visits the third in a week to a congressional district that saw a competitive election last year. Chicago wasn't the only city in Illinois that experienced gun violence over the Independence Day holiday weekend. More than 90 people were shot in Chicago over the span of three days. Nearly two dozen were fatal. In Springfield, someone was shot inside White Oaks Mall and two people were shot at a party. Springfield Area Minister Gary Pierce said programs are needed, but they have to benefit the community. And how you do that is you keep track of it. You monitor it. You look at the statistics and see whether or not they're doing what they say they're going to do to help these young people. In Chicago, State Representative LaShawn Ford said taxpayers pay for foolish behavior, are losing property values, and see the state's tourism at risk. He agreed there needs to be oversight of community-based programs. We're not spending taxpayer dollars wisely, and we're not holding those agencies that have been getting millions of dollars to fight crime and violence accountable and we have to restructure the way we do that. Ford also said bad actors need to be held accountable with a focus on rehabilitation. Consequences and holding people accountable for what they do is a must if we're going to deter crime and improve the safety in our um, state. Pierce said another element to the equation is for communities to accept they need police. Especially now with the increase in violence, we're going to need them more than anything. So, you know, I think the community needs to accept the fact that we need them and there need to be communication. Ford said he's requesting the governor's office arrange a meeting with sheriffs, prosecutors, state police, and the National Guard to address increased violence in communities across the state. Illinois' credit rating saw another upgrade Thursday, but there's a difference of opinion on how much federal funds were involved. Several weeks ago, Fitch ratings maintained the state's worst-in-the-nation credit rating, but changed the state's credit rating outlook from negative to positive. Last week, Moody's increased the state's rating a notch upward. Thursday, U.S. Senator Dick Durbin welcomed the developments. The governor announced, and I was happy to hear it, that our credit rating as a state has improved dramatically for the first time in a long time. Part of the reason is we send we are sending eight billion dollars to the state of Illinois. Last week, Governor J.B. Pritzker said it was holding the line on spending and better than expected economic recovery that did the trick, not billions in federal funds. No, the aid from Congress was not used to balance the budget in 2022. That's a fallacy. Whoever's saying that has got it wrong. S&P's report Thursday indicated among the state's credit strengths was the receipt of unbudgeted federal stimulus to help bridge the gap to a fully functioning economy. The upgrade from S&P for Illinois' worst-in-the-nation rating went from triple B- to triple B, and that's still a few notches above speculative or junk bond status. The Democratic House Speaker and Senate President praised the upgrade, saying Illinois' finances are on the right track. Senate Minority Leader Dan McConkie said the recent actions are driven by that federal bailout. We still have you know, the worst unfunded pension liability in the entire nation. We're still the worst uh, credited state in the entire nation. And so, you know, like at some point, somebody's going to have to be the adult in the room and do their job. After the Moody's upgrade last week, Pritzker acknowledged there's still a lot of work to do. We need to overcome the structural deficit of the state. We haven't fully overcome that. That structural deficit is still there. We have to work at it year in and year out. While the state's credit rating is still among the worst of all states, upgrades could lead to tens of millions of dollars in savings for taxpayers when the state goes out to sell debt with lower interest rates.
None of the more than $8 billion the state of Illinois got from federal taxpayers is going to the state's unemployment debt that some have projected to be nearly that much. State Representative Jay Hoffman last month said they're still discussing how to best address the debt, including holding out for more federal taxpayer funds. And it is a historic deficit, some estimate as high as $5 billion. But some employer groups say the estimate, if it's not addressed, will actually be closer to $8 billion. Illinois Manufacturers Association's Mark Denzler said preliminary reports indicate there are possibly a lot of fraudulent claims. He said already approved federal relief, not increased taxes or decreased benefits, should cover the costs. So when you're talking about using ARPA dollars to come and, and help um, deal with that issue, it makes all the sense in the world. Why should employer taxes be funding benefits that went out fraudulently? Several other states have used the already released federal funds for states to pay down unemployment debt. If there's no relief from federal funds taxpayers sent to Illinois, the Illinois taxpayers will have to pay interest on that debt. Illinois Retail Merchants Association's Rob Carr said. We'll have roughly um, 14 million, I think, between September and end of December. But uh, the next, next year, without any uh, any efforts to address it, you're looking at the state uh, paying general revenue funds of 50 to 60 million to pay the interest. Carr said there are only three ways to address it without paying down the debt, increasing taxes, decreasing benefits, or both. A group in Illinois is looking for chapters across the state to help keep tabs on teaching plans they say are dividing and harming children. A parent in Naperville, Shannon Adcock, said she became aware of culturally responsive teaching and felt it was regressive and divisive by teaching children that race or gender directly impacts outcomes. It's, to me, extremely anti-Americanism. It's anti-child, and I believe it to be child abuse. Teach history. There's no question about that. But when you begin filtering students, this is a problem, and it's a violation, constitutional violation. She said the curriculum can take many different names and forms, so she started the website AwakeIL.com as a way to share information with taxpayers, parents, and educators about trends around the state. We are going to preserve the integrity of our Constitution, state and federal, and we're going to keep that divisive curricula and segregationist approach to education out of our classrooms. A teacher of the Evanston District recently filed a lawsuit against the district alleging its policies are segregating and denigrating white teachers and students, casting them as inherently racist and privileged. Last month, Governor J.B. Pritzker said those complaining about what some term critical race theory being taught in some public schools are right wing. They're going to grab onto anything that they can use a few words, put it together, and make it sound like it's an attack on white people. Then they're going to go make it an issue. Adcock said those downplaying their concerns are full of it. When you have the teachers union, the national teachers union, saying that they want this taught and they will defend in court teachers who are teaching it, this is ideological war right now. It's a nonviolent ideological war, and our children are at the heart of it, and parents are awake, and we are going to fight it. Those are the top stories from the past week from Illinois. Find more online at thecentersquare.com. Coming up for Illinois in Focus, commentary from the Center Square publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb. This is Illinois in Focus, powered by thecentersquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop.
Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Illinois In Focus podcast. This is the Crosstalk segment. I'm Chris Krug, publisher of The Center Square, based here in Illinois. Joined by my friend and colleague, Dan McCaleb, executive editor. Dan, what's cooking? Hey, still recovering from the, the president of the United States visiting my backyard, Chris Lake, Illinois. That's where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, the Center Square had uh, staff on hand. I think that was probably the story of the week uh, in Illinois. Unfortunately, I didn't say a whole heck of a lot, at least nothing nothing new. But uh, I don't know. What's your takeaway? Well, he spent a I, I don't know what we spent to fly Air Force One back and forth between Washington and and uh, and Chicago. I think it was a 30 minute speech. So to give a to give a 30 minute speech that I I'm pretty sure that he's given before. Yeah. So it was almost more like word a word for word, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it might have been. I mean, it's um, so I, I guess, you know, from a taxpayer's perspective, if, if they even saved the same printout, um, the, the cue cards were the same. Uh, maybe that was a good thing. But but what President Biden had to say, um, not anything that we haven't heard before in the focus of his conversation at, at McHenry County College in, in Crystal Lake, Illinois, was. Um, that we need to put more money into uh, public education. You know, this has been discussed previously about trying to front load public education, get kids into into schools sooner. Um, now um, we're back to putting more kids into community college, and that being uh, picked up by taxpayers. So I'm it's like doing some back of the napkin math. I mean, we're already obligated as taxpayers, and I, I think it's appropriate to pay, you know, for 13 years worth of public education, you know, kindergarten through 12th grade. Um, but they want to increase that 31%, uh, adding four additional years. I am feeling as if I don't really want to pay for that. Right. So, um, you know, it's, it's not new, uh, since Biden took office, he's been talking about this, uh, there was American family plan, plan his American rescue plan, which are trillion multi-trillion dollar spending plans, new spending plans, right? right? On top of right. uh, on top of the federal $6 trillion federal budget. Right. Um, these are plans, which is deficit spending, by the way, just the regular budget. These are plans that are um, uh, would, would involve new taxpayer dollars. Yep. Um, he, 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 one of the things he wants to do is um, offer free, free, quote unquote, free college tuition to community college students for uh, uh, two years, McHenry County College, where he spoke at in Crystal Lake on Wednesday as a community um, college. So he's essentially preaching to the choir uh, there. If, um, you, you know, free, free, if you offer free, quote unquote, free, I'm going to get to that back to that in a second, um, offer free uh, college tuition to community colleges. Well, who's going to benefit the community colleges, of course, that means they can spend more, they can uh, spend more on administrators, spend more on uh, staff, spend more on buildings, spend more on expansion plans, mm-hmm. um, uh, etc. Um, well, you know what, I have two kids in college, right? I'd love to say uh, I can send them to college for quote, unquote, free. But guess what? The college professors get paid. The, all the educators get paid. The right. administrators get paid. The groundskeepers get paid. The, the people who count the dollars uh, get paid. The, the people who decide whether they're um, moving on to the next grade um, get paid. But the truth is it's not free, right? No. Um, the, yeah. The, 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 the truth is Biden wants uh, other Americans um, to pay for it. Yeah. So, other, yeah I mean, so, so, you know, it's like I, uh, we're in the, we're in the, like the, the season here in Illinois where, um, 
you know, our, our property taxes are due. And if, if you don't escrow for your taxes and, and you, you know, you actually take a look at your, your tax bill and the line items in your tax bill, and you add them all up and you separate them, you know, by sort of category. I mean, on the education side, um, our property taxes, which are, they're extremely high. I mean, it, they're, not, they're not just high, like, you know, I wish they would be lower. They're high in comparison with virtually, you know, every other state in the country um, on the property tax side alone as an isolation. I mean, tax burden for Illinoisans is, forgive me, it's top three in the country. Is it? Yeah, it's usually Illinois is competing with New Jersey. Yeah, like we're one or two. Biggest biggest tax burden year in and year out. But from a percentage basis, I mean, 71% of my property tax bill goes to public education already. Two school districts, plus the community college district, and then buried within uh, those would be, you know, um, the pensions that are attached to them, which, you know, we're, we're funding. So uh, I, I, I struggle with the idea of, of expanding that further simply because of the cost to taxpayers now. I mean, if, if, if we're going to grow the size of public education in this country, 31%, I mean, it, I would think there would have to be a corresponding increase in a, in expense to facilitate that. I don't well, want to pay another 31%. Well, uh, it, no, agreed. And here's the big con. Um, here's how Biden's, President Biden, excuse me, is trying to sell this to the American people. Only the rich, only the wealthy are going to pay more. Only the corporations who are you know bringing in billions of dollars are going to pay more. He wants to increase the corporate tax, um, which former President Trump decreased, made made competitive worldwide. He wants to increase the corporate uh, income tax from 21% to 28%, right. whopping 25% increase. He wants to increase capital gains taxes on people's earnings um, in the stock market and in other areas. And he says only the rich is going to pay that. But mm-hmm. he, what he doesn't say is, well, there there's uh, a bottom-down effect um, from that, when you raise these taxes, um, businesses uh, cut jobs, businesses um, um, uh, uh, stop investing, stop stop uh, spending money on investing because um, they're earning uh, less money right now. So going back to my point about yeah, I'd love my uh, uh, I'd love to be my my kids to be able to go to college tuition free individually. But when you when you look at the bigger picture, that has a dramatic that something on like that. When you're talking about these kinds of tax increases, it has a dramatic impact on the entire uh, economy. I'd like my kids to be able to graduate uh, from college. I'll gr- gratefully pay for them to go to college if they have decent jobs to come into to go into when they get out of college. When you talk about these kinds of massive tax hikes um, on corporations. Um, uh, uh, on the job creators uh, out there, there's going to be fewer jobs available when these kids get out of college. I want them to have a sex successful future. I don't want us to be able to say, hey, you, uh, I don't have to pay for you to go to community college. I'll pay gladly pay for you to go to community college for you to be a productive citizen when you go out, go out and get a decent paying job, right. uh, raise a family on your own uh, and invest in the economy. That's yeah. how the economy improves. That's how you joke grow jobs. Yeah. Not by quote unquote free things right. free is not a true it's 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 a it's uh it's a con as i said yeah uh that that biden is trying to pitch here so and and i mean uh, and the vast majority of what president biden's talking about is is being um spoken of under the broader umbrella of infrastructure I- improvement you know which 
I guess that word doesn't mean what it used to mean anymore. Um, Not in this administration. So, you know, I found the, I found the conversation around the community college uh, expansion uh, interesting, uh, but lacking significantly on, you know, substantive structure. Um, And uh, I would agree with you that, that this, if this is something that moves forward, uh, this is not going to be a, a tax on the rich. And it's, it's, it kind of makes me sick in my stomach when it's presented like that and it's allowed to stand as fact because it's, that's just not how it, it works. It's, you know, if you took every billionaire's last penny, you know, you could probably operate, you know, the United States for maybe half a year. Yeah. The entire, you know I mean? So it's just, just stop with that more so you know on a visit to illinois uh, this summer uh wouldn't you think that the seated president would be more interested in addressing the pressing issue of violence in the city of chicago you saw the the i think a lot of people saw the uh, uh president biden coming down off the steps of air force one and being greeted by chicago mayor Lori lightfoot um it was odd i mean there's no audio but but video and uh i i don't know i mean i i, I just I, I get it you know you're trying to you're trying to work your agenda you, you know you're, you're trying to you know to get the things done that you want to get done as president of the united states but that's a pretty glaring omission to come to illinois and to not talk about the violence we had 111 people shot over the july 4th weekend of them 22 uh, were killed. We've had mass shootings now. You know, every in weekend. Naples. Yeah. I mean, really, I think it's been every weekend for maybe the last three or four. And we're becoming immune to this as if this is just how it goes. I mean, the shootout over the over the weekend, the, the mass shooting over the weekend here was, you know, um, apparently into a, like a block party. And um, so it's uh, it 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 is it's deeply disturbing to me from a priority standpoint of where the priorities of the president were on this particular visit. It speaks to a level of willful ignorance around the bigger, broader issues that the country is facing, the problems that exist in the city and our unwillingness to address them. But, and what's 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 more, it's it's somewhat hypocritical because what was it just four weeks, maybe six weeks ago, um, the president gave a speech from Washington D.C. about the need to curb to curb um, uh, gun violence in in the nation's cities. Uh, he referenced Chicago specifically, and then what's more, um, less than 24 hours prior uh, to the president's uh, trip to Illinois, um, uh, two federal agents. Um, and a Chicago police officer were targeted and were shot at in a vehicle patrolling the city's south side, looking to, to curb uh, the same violence. Two ATF agents, yep. uh, agents under Biden's uh, administration, were shot at uh, and shot um, in Chicago amid the, the gang, the, the gun violence in Chicago. Uh, he didn't mention it. Um, in his speech, apparently based on statements from both sides, that is something that uh, Mayor Lightfoot 
and the president uh, talked about on the Carmack at, uh, at O'Hare uh, Airport, but it was not part of his policy address um, to the public. Of course, uh, Biden, during the speech, however many weeks ago it was, um, said he would be sending strike forces to places like Chicago, to places like San Francisco, to places like uh, New York City, where gun violence is just run rampant mm-hmm. um, to help with that. But his focus, his focus is not on uh, um, getting the criminals off the street. His focus is on getting uh, guns out of uh, uh, legal go- gun owners' uh, hands. So yeah. it, it just it, it's a complete slap in the face of law-abiding citizens that he won't even acknowledge um, that two of his own agents uh, were shot just the other day uh, as, as part of the Chicago gun violence, um, and that he's he's really doesn't have a plan to address it. Right. I mean, it, the, I'm sure that we all have conversations, you know, with with our our friends, and and I'm hopeful that you know that there's still a, a, a willingness to have you know conversations that are that are civil you know with people whose ideas are not exactly like our own the um but you know it's times like this that make you feel as if we're living in like a kind of parallel universes in the in you know in the same place at the same time it just doesn't make a doesn't it, it just doesn't resonate um I want to shift it up a little bit. We've had a lot of uh, Joe Biden visit conversation for a 30 minute speech that frankly he could have uh, videotaped and delivered uh, via hologram here in Illinois that the, you know, our, our financial management uh, is uh, somewhat questionable. (laughs) You don't say, right. Yeah. You may have read something about that before, you know, but you know, with regard to kind of an urgent in the moment uh, uh, issue, the state's unemployment debt uh, under the pandemic, uh, as administered by the Illinois Department of Employment Securities, which uh, as of today, and we're taping this on Thursday, uh, July 8th, uh, those offices are still closed. Um, <laughs> Had to get that uh, one in, didn't you? Yeah, I was just, just, just passing that along. I mean, I, I, for the people that are out there- 16 months now or something like that? Yeah, it's, you know, it's just not safe. You know, it's just not, it's just not safe. Um, Give me up to speed on what's going on with the state's unemployment debt. Sure. Since the beginning of the pandemic, um, when you know decisions made by Governor J.B. Pritzker to shut down the state, to shut down businesses, um, to order people um, to stay in their homes, um, unemployment dramatically spiked. Right. I mean, it just went it went through the roof. Of course, this happened across the country. This is not an Illinois uh, only issue, but Illinois being Illinois and its current or its long-going uh, fiscal state um, didn't have the uh, the funds in its unemployment fund um, to address that. So Illinois was one of a handful of states that had to borrow from the federal government to pay off its unemployment um, benefits to meet the demands of those people who were uh, forced out of their jobs because of these government restrictions. And to date, it's estimated that Illinois owes the federal government $8 billion just for its unemployment fund. But don't forget, you know, we did get a, a, a slight uh, break on our, uh, our bond rating a couple of weeks ago, but, but we owe the federal government anyway. I'm sorry that I'm digressing. $8 billion um, uh, to, to cover the cost of borrowing uh, to meet our unemployment obligations to state residents who lost their jobs. Well, Illinois happened to get um, $8 billion from the federal government from Biden's latest um, uh, uh, stimulus uh, plan, but right now is not dedicating any of that money to pay down that debt. Um, 
which instead uh, the progressives in Springfield, Governor Pritzker included, um, want to spend that on new programs such as green energy things and whatnot. Here we have $8 billion that we owe to the federal. You know what they're hoping for? They're hoping for under President Biden that we get even more uh, federal. Of course, it's taxpayer dollars. This is your mind, my dollars. We pay, you, you referenced, you know, we pay local taxes, property taxes to pay for local schools. We have to pay, of course, pay the state government taxes, income taxes and other things. And we pay the federal government taxes. Right. Well, uh, my guess is Governor Pritzker and, and uh, uh, Springfield Democrats are hoping we get even another, even more bailout money uh, so we can pay down this $8 billion in unemployment debt that we owe. But right mm-hmm. now we have $8 billion from the federal government and stimulus money that none of it right now is dedicated to paying down that debt. Yeah. Well, you had referenced, uh, you know, energy. And I mean, it's the next thing I wanted to talk about. You know, uh, Governor Pritzker's energy plan is not exactly knocking it out of the park um, with regard to all all sides. Uh, There's been pretty significant criticism. And, you know, he was present for uh, uh, Biden's visit in, you know, earlier this year within the within the, I think within the first 30 days, if not, uh, maybe it was the first 60 days. I mean, that we killed the, you know, the Keystone XL pipeline. Um, you know, I don't know that we've really talked about this a whole lot, or, and I'm not sure that, that this has been widely reported, but, you know, the original Keystone XL pipeline uh, was going to end in Southern Illinois. And um, those are jobs that, you know, that, that would have existed uh, there would have been significant uh, employment opportunity around that in a region of the state that would genuinely benefit from good, high-paying jobs. I mean, energy jobs typically pay pretty well. Cheaper energy, too. And we would get you know cheaper energy from that. Uh, that uh, that wasn't even discussed. But what's in what is in um, the Pritzker plan that is uh, making people say, "I don't like it." <laughs> Well, this is one of those, what's the old saying? Politics makes for strange bedfellows. Uh, This is actually, um, there are actually a significant number of business groups and labor uh, union uh, groups uh, that are opposed uh, to uh, the plan. One of the big problems is, is the plan is being discussed behind closed doors, right? So we don't know a whole heck of a lot uh, about it. Outside of um, uh, Governor Pritzker, uh, wants to make the state's energy base 100% clean energy by 2050. That means closing cold fire power plants, right? That means being less reliant uh, on the oil and gas industry um, and whatnot. Well, what is, as you mentioned, that means jobs. That means thousands and thousands and thousands of jobs. And um, it, uh, big business knows uh, that it's bad for the economy. It's bad for consumers because it's only going to mean energy costs are going up. And of course, the labor. Uh, those who represent the people who uh, are in these jobs know, knows it's bad for the economy because thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of jobs would be lost um, uh, by this. But uh, that's Governor Pritzker and the, uh, apparently the Democratic-controlled legislatures, um, uh, what, what they want to do. They want to invest uh, a lot of this, uh, this federal bailout money um, in uh, boosting uh, green a- energy. Um, and and don't get me wrong, we need to we, we need to look at ways at investing in green energy. But we just can't cut cut out an entire in, industry that's been doing a great job providing us 
uh, with power to our homes, with powering our car, of course, through the gasoline and whatnot. Uh, you just can't remove one in exchange for the other and expect um, the, uh, the economy uh, to roll along. As, uh, but unfortunately, most of these conversations are happening behind closed doors. There have been not have not been significant public hearings on this, um, but there are. Uh, but business group, business interests, and labor interests are uniting, uh, opposing, uh, opposing this plan. I mean, you raise some really, really good points. I mean, I you know, if you live in you know the the again, it feels like we're in parallel universes. You know, the you've got. Washington progressive elites, you know, driving their Teslas and, you know, talking about, you know, turning the country um, in a hard, hard direction toward, toward green energy. Um, the demand for electricity, if that's the direction that we're going in, in transportation specifically is going to be huge. I mean, just massive. I mean, you know, and from the standpoint of, of actually making this work, you know, I, I I pull back and I just look at it and think about, you know, just change and change management, you know, even within like, say like a company, you know, even a small company trying to make this kind of a fundamental change. You know, let's say that we, we, we run a, a business and uh, the vast majority of, of the power that we generate is, is created from, from fossil fuels. And that we're just going to turn our our plant uh, all electric, you know. That would be hard. I mean, really, really hard. And it would be disruptive, and it would be it would be painful if it were mandated in such a way that it's a straight cut from one to the other. That's one little plant. You're talking about doing that across a state, you know, of uh, just under 13 million people, and. From an investment standpoint, I mean, what's it going to do to the price of of of, of fossil fuels? Is it, are they going to go down? No. They probably wouldn't go down. No. So at some period of time, you're going to have very high priced electricity because the 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 demand for that will be great, and then you're going to have very high costs on the fossil fuel side. That that in combination just seems like where this idea dies on the drawing board. And, and to keep in mind too, yes. Um, if they push forward with this plan um, um, uh, and, and eliminate quote unquote dirty energy um, by 2050, well, you have to get there, right? So every year you're going to get a little bit closer to that plan. So every year your energy costs are going to go up. Well, everybody uses energy. Everybody needs energy. Uh, manufacturers need energy. Farmers need energy. Um, so what that does is that affects the price of it doesn't just affect the price of, of energy. It doesn't press the your doesn't just um, make mean your electricity bills are going up. Your your gasoline at the fuel pump is going to go up. Of course, we've already seen what that's happened uh, this year since President Biden took office. Um, it, it means the price of all goods are going to go up because farmers right. have to get their food to market, right? Yep. Um, so their their cost to deliver the food uh, to the market, that's going to go up. So the price of the food is going to go up. Yep. The price of everything is going to go up because of that. And and it, it, these these people seem to be so short-sighted. Um, you know, they've got these blinders on that green energy, green energy, um, cl climate change, we've got to uh, uh, we, protect the environment. 
um, that they don't talk about these other things and the costs. And it's, of course, you know, it's the lower income and the middle income uh, uh, families that are affected the most. Consumer prices, electricity prices, um, when they go up, it certainly affects lower and middle income families more than it affects uh, uh, higher income families. Yeah, and inflation, which is which is what you're spurring there, you know, with this idea, is it is it is a tax, right? It inflation is a tax. So um, I, I don't know. We I guess we we could continue to talk about this for you know the next uh, fourteen years to checkpoint one, which is twenty thirty five, and and if you and I are fortunate enough to live long enough to see twenty fifty, we probably could still be talking about it then. But uh, let, me, let me make one last point here. Just yeah, please. Go ahead and talk about uh, a green future. Let, go ahead. Let's have that conversation. Let's have the conversation in public. How is it going to work? How are you going to transition away from coal uh, and oil and gas um, as an energy source to green energy source? How's that going to work? How's that working for California now? How's that working for other states who are several years maybe ahead of us Um uh, how has that impacted jobs? How has that impacted power? Uh, of course, we've talked about the, the rolling blackouts that happen every summer, mm -hmm. every summer in, in uh, California. Um, so anyway, let's talk about it, but let's have these conversations in public and let's get all sides of the conversation involved in these topics. Let's not make uh, you the ones who've already made up their minds decide behind closed doors without hearing from everybody. Yeah. Meanwhile, we sit on copious amounts of fossil fuels here in the United States that could allow us to be energy independent for long time, decades, several generations. Yes. Yeah. And um, and we've invested in the technology to to make that work. But meanwhile, you know, let's go hang up some windmills and some solar panels. And oh, my goodness. So um, elsewhere in Illinois, Daniel. Um, we are, we're, we're still dealing, we're still dealing with the, uh, the remnants of COVID. Of course, you know, the state, uh, took a victory lap, uh, this week because for the first time in, uh, whatever it was, 16 months, we didn't have a single person die of COVID or COVID related symptoms or COVID with underlying, you know, uh, issues. Um, I would venture to say that I'm going to guess that we probably have had days where, somebody didn't die of COVID alone. And, and that day occurred quite a while ago. Our, our statistical compilation uh, of that data is um, not super trustworthy in my opinion. Um, but part of what, uh, you know, we, we as Illinoisans invested in last year into this year was a massive contact tracing initiative that was supposed to be geared at determining where, outbreaks were occurring so that we as a state could control them. Um, $230 million allocated to that, which is, I don't know, it's just short of a quarter billion dollars. Um, how did it work? <laughs> is it working? Does it exist? I, I, you know, the, the, the story about Chicago basically, you know, coming clean and saying, Oh yeah, we, we're really not doing that anymore. Uh, earlier, you know, uh, earlier this month, um, was somewhat startling. Um, money still gets spent. Well, the, the honest and the really only answer to this is it's been a complete waste of taxpayer money. It's easy to second guess, you know, back in April of 2020, when you know, we were still learning the ramifications of COVID and how it spread and what it meant. Maybe it sounded like a good idea to a few people. If 
for example, you get uh, COVID-19. Well, where were you at in the past two weeks where you could have gotten COVID-19? Who were you exposed to? So we can warn those people. They might have COVID-19, so they're not spreading it to somebody else. Well, let's just face it. It didn't work. It didn't work then. It's not working now. It hasn't worked in the 16 months between then and now. Um, chalk it up to live and learn, I guess. And that, that's about the best positive spin uh, I can put on this thing. But that's $230 million in taxpayer money that Illinois honestly, nowadays couldn't afford uh, to spend, but it's out there. Let's just end it. If it's not ended now, maybe it is ended now, as you referenced Chicago, um, saying, well, we're really not doing it anymore. Um, we shouldn't be doing it anymore. Not to mention, you know, the invasion on privacy that it did, because, you know, you're you're essentially asking people, well, who have you seen? Who have you visited? Who have, who have, whose homes have you gone over to? What stores have you visited to? Do we need to shut down these restaurants because you were at this restaurant and you may or may not have contracted COVID-19 at this specific restaurant? You know, plug in any kind of business or any kind of uh, individual's home for that restaurant or whatever. Um, so the short answer is it, it was a waste of taxpayer money. Again, I'll put the most positive spin on as I can. We lived and learned. Should have shut it down a while ago. Definitely, if it's still going on anywhere, need to shut it down. Yeah, I mean, that's a big mistake. I mean, $230 million is, I mean, that's real money. You know, maybe maybe the state doesn't look at it like that, but there probably could have been a lot of good done with that money. Um yeah, well, it's, yeah. It's not like we didn't have uh, don't have other needs, don't have other debts to pay off, as we've talked about uh, uh, through this this conversation. But it's Illinois. But it, again, it was it was not. This is not just an Illinois thing. Plenty of states wasted millions of taxpayer dollars on this. Illinois is just another yet yet another one of them. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the last thing is, and, you know, staying within the, the world of, of COVID is, you know, this week will be, and, and by the time that, um, you know, that, that this reaches the air and, and it is available in the Illinois Focus podcast, uh, there will have been drawings in the Illinois COVID lottery. Um, so if nobody sees Dan or me ever again, um, it's because we've, taken the million dollar COVID winnings that you know, we've just, just, just now, I mean, I, I need a, just an affirmative from you, but we're, we're you and I are going to split it. Right. Yeah. If you win, we split. I win, we split. sounds like a plan. Yeah. And so we'll, we're just going to, we're just going to jump out, but the, that million dollar lottery, which is, which is funded by federal pass through dollars that came in for COVID relief. Yeah, this was more of the <laughs> more of the federal taxpayer stimulus money uh, that we that would, uh, President Joe Biden generously uh, gave us. Yes, if you um, uh, anyone who in Illinois who's received uh, the COVID nineteen vaccine is automatic. You didn't have to do anything. You put your name in their database. Of course, this is this is them tracking us. This is government tracking us. Did you get the uh, COVID nineteen vaccine or not? Anyway, if you got the COVID nineteen vaccine, you're you're put into some database, and they start picking uh, names out of a hat, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and and someone were as you mentioned, we're taping this on uh, on Thursday, July eighth. Someone later today um, will be the first lucky million dollar winner. There'll be other winners. Hundred thousand dollars is going out to a bunch of folks and 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 other incentives or whatever. But it was meant to encourage you to get the COVID nineteen um, vaccine. Um, I guess, I don't know how much it helped, um, but 
it doesn't seem like a great use of taxpayer dollars in my opinion. Well, and, and these things are happening all over the country in, diff in different forms. And, and, you know, I was in um, Washington state, uh, I think three weeks ago and uh, Governor Inslee uh, in, in Washington state uh, in his uh, team uh, determined that military people were lagging behind on a percentage basis. So uh, active military and veterans, and they actually sponsored the, you know, again, I'm presuming with federal dollars that they, that they received to have a special lottery that only went to people who were uh, active military and, and veterans. The bigger concern that I have about this, you know, beyond the, the dollar is, is simply the access to that information. Right. You know, I, I didn't, you know, when I got vaccinated, I thought that that was a somewhat private transaction. I, I certainly didn't uh, sign my name up to receive anything. Um, I didn't ask that my name be included in any kind of government database. Um, I signed up through a local pharmacy, went to the local pharmacy. I did get one of those vaccine cards that they sign there or whatever, but that's, that's what I thought was the end of it. And then this program comes out. So it'll be known uh, by the government for eternity uh, who was vaccinated and who was not. And um, one or a few more of us, because I guess that the, our lottery, the way that it works is that there's not only the million dollar prize, but there's some series of other uh, lesser amount prizes that are going to be awarded uh, via lottery. And I'm making air quotes around the word lottery uh, over the coming couple of weeks. I guess uh, good luck, Chris. <laughs> good and, and good luck and good luck to you, Dan. Because we're in this together. Um, any final thoughts? Anything else on your mind today? Oh man, it's been one of those weeks. You know, um, uh, nothing immediately comes to mind. Though, if I get that million dollars uh, I mentioned, um, I might not be on next week's uh, episode. Oh, that's that that that's the that that's that's a that's a given i think at this point and i, I probably would never see you again because i i would never get my half because once that once that half million dollars gets taxed you basically get like you know a snickers bar and a slim gym uh, at the speedway um but uh I, nonetheless i wish you the very best and 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 hopefully that you come out on top i'm rooting for you same here for dan McHale, it has been chris krug you've been listening to the illinois in focus podcast. This has been the Crosstalk segment commentary powered by the Center Square. Now over to Greg Bishop for a look at what the Center Square Illinois will be working on next week. Next week, the team from the Center Square will continue to monitor the looming enactment of hundreds of bills on the governor's desk, the state's economic recovery, and what kind of guidance the state will offer schools coming back this fall and more. This has been Illinois in Focus. For more Illinois stories and commentary online, visit thecentersquare.com. For the Center Square, Illinois, I'm Greg Bishop.